2: Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're live at the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. You can get you a square on the Monday Night Football Board, and you can hear that game live right here on the Big 870 between the Buffalo Bills and Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And that should be a great game. At 6.30 tonight, we'll throw it to the Community Coffee Saints Coaches Show with Mike Haas as the guest. Bobby J. and I will join in, and it'll be also head coach Dennis Allen, and his guest tonight will be senior defensive assistant Peter Ginta. Uh, coach Pete has been coaching for quite a number of years, helps out with the secondary, also breaking down game film. So glad to have Coach uh, Peter Genta. definitely on.
3: helping that scoring defense. Yeah, I,
2: exactly. Bob, before we go to uh, Desmond Johnson who's with the Believe Network uh, covering the Panthers. You got something to add on uh, Cam Jordan.
3: Well, uh, uh when you think about it, Mike, and again, this is not an uh, opinion. You know, we got to acknowledge uh you know when you see greatness in a Saints uniform. We saw that with City Champ and Ricky Jackson, a pro football Hall of Famer. Well I think we witnessing uh we gotta appreciate him. We got know, like, another one. A lot of times you don't appreciate a player until one. they're not playing whatever, but Cam Jordan. As a Saints fan, how can you not be the utmost Cam Jordan fan? The number one thing. You know why? Cam Jordan's always available.
2: Consistency. He's always yeah.
3: available so you can hold him accountable. Okay. This is what I told Mike to bring up. Because this is an exclusive fraternity that, if you really know pro football or just you know you know football casual, you probably heard of these names, or uh, for sure one of them. Do you know this fraternity? Cam Jar now joins Hall of Famous Reggie White. OK? We know Reggie White. Now you might not know John Randall, but, but you, but you should. should know John Randall <laughs> with the Vikings. And Cam Jordan knows uh, John Randall because he was hanging out in the Vikings locker room uh, when his dad was playing tight end for the Vikings. So he was in that locker room. Now think about this. That Hall of Famers Reggie White and John Randall and Cam Jordan's joining this as the only players, you know, I like history, the only players in NFL history to record at least seven and a half sacks in 11 straight seasons. Okay. Okay. There's three players in NFL history, and that means you're not getting hurt. you got to be able to play. So 11 straight campaigns, he's had at least seven and a half sacks. Only three players. All oh, look at Bruce Smith, who's was unbelievable. You look at whoever you Lawrence might. Lawrence
2: Taylor. Uh,
3: Lawrence Taylor, anybody. But it's only, it's only a Reggie White, and it's only John Randall and Cam Jordan. That has accomplished this in NFL history, at least seven and a half sacks. But the key is 11 straight seasons.
2: That That is remarkable. you talk talking about
3: answering the bell. Hey, we would just hope Marcus Davenport plays seven games in a row. <laughs> Not uh, 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 11 seasons. What? Or like uh, Peyton Turner. But the, the guys that we invested a lot of money or draft capital with first-round picks, we want them to be available. Because Marcus Davenport, if he was available – He's hell when he's well. But, <laughs> it,
2: but it's to get him out on the field.
3: Yeah, and the and, and pain Turner. I don't know. I see turn Turner play. Whoa, look at that game. Uh, but my, my, then he's in the witness he, he protection program. He has two program sacks, program, Tiger for loss and, all, and then he's starting maybe to go up to celebrate. Then he gets rolled up. I mean, I don't on know. On our
2: Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, we have on with us Desmond Johnson. He covers the Panthers for the Believe Network. Desmond, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, yesterday was a sort of a weird game. Bobby J. and I are watching it as the Saints game go on. We're seeing the highlights and the Panthers jump out ahead. And We think, hey, man, uh, we got something here. Uh, forgot to cover Mike Evans, who had a huge game uh, against him. Didn't get to run the football like you guys had done the week before, where you dominated in the running game. Tampa slows down a lot of rushing attacks, though, but that – one element Evans just ate up that secondary of Carolina
0: yeah well for starters thanks for having me on guys um number one I don't think that the Panthers necessarily forgot to cover Mike Evans we just ran out of people to cover Uh, yeah that's true our our quarterback core was uh, it's been depleted by injury uh the last couple of weeks Dante Jackson's been on IR for a couple of months our best cornerback JC Horn broke his wrist last week trying to do a peanut punch Um, they thought he might be able to go last week, but they rolled him out last second. I mean, it got to a point where the Panther fan base was hoping a 35 year old Josh Norman who had been serving coffee four days before was going to be able to go out there and be the savior all of a sudden. And that just wasn't going to be the game plan. Uh, Brady and Evans just, just linked up. Finally, it took them, I don't know, 16 weeks to finally (laughs) get this together, but they picked on our, uh, our third and fourth string cornerbacks. And that was really the main difference in that game in the fourth quarter.
3: Well, uh, Desmond, I can tell you who that nation Saints fans. You know why we were frustrated? Because you know we always scoreboard watching and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, look at this! The Panthers lead 14 to zero early. Oh, well, wow, that's a good sign. Because you know you, you look anytime you have an NFL game, you run for 300 plus yards. But I'm looking at the score 14 to zero, and even uh, with Sam Darnold, uh, what his third third touchdown pass? It was 21 to 10. His mm-hmm. third a third touchdown of the day. And that was into the fourth quarter. Now, I know only 10 seconds into the fourth quarter, but I, I still felt good even if it was 21-10 to 10 and then ends up 30-24. to 24. So, uh, I mean. Yeah, well, uh, it, uh, but say, Sam, Sam
2: has really played yeah, pretty well it, the last it, it couple of weeks.
3: It seems like they've been able to rely yeah. upon Sam.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, the, the conversation here in the Carolinas, for Sars thankfully has turned towards there's a majority rule that wants Steve Wilkes back as head coach. We feel like he's done more than enough given what was handed to him week seven of the NFL season. He was handed a one-in-five team. The roster wasn't his. The coaching staff wasn't his. They trade off our best player three days later. His, his starting wide receiver has a, a hissy fit on the sideline of a national televised game in L.A. Uh, right around the same time. And through all of that, for him to be able to get us to the point where we were a quarter away from winning the NFC South on week 17, that that's pretty remarkable. Um, so I feel like, the fan base has come around on Steve Wilks. When it comes to Sam Darnold, there's still a large contingent that feels like we should go after a C.J. Stroud or a, a Bryce Young. Bryce Young's going to be gone long before we pick. And C.J. Stroud, unless he drops, that's a possibility. But to be honest, I'm fine with Sam. If they're going to keep Wilks and they're going to keep Ben McAdoo as offensive coordinator and we're going to do this philosophy of run the football, stop the run, which is basically the Panthers' DNA since they were born, that I have no problem with Sam Darnold being back. He's 25 years old. Like, he's never – that offensive line he's playing on right now in Carolina is the best offensive line Sam Darnold has played behind as a pro in New York or in Carolina with Matt Rule. Like, this is the best line he's had. And the results have shown. Um, I do have to give, uh, you know, flowers to the Bucks because while their run defense isn't as good as it was in 2020 when they won the Super Bowl, uh, yesterday we saw the importance of Vita Beta because he had been out for the past three weeks and teams have been running up and down Tampa, right up the gut. He comes in, he comes back uh, yesterday and primarily shut the run game down. Carolina couldn't really run the ball, but three, four yards a clip. And we've been on record on the believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, really since Wilkes took over the, this version of the Carolina Panthers, there is no in between. They're not a team that's going to squeak out a game or somehow win a game. They weren't supposed to, there's no in between with this team. They're either going to, win by a bunch and run for 185 yards and run it down your throat and you're going to know it's coming and you can't stop it, or they're going to run for 40. And you're, not, you're going to be able to stop it, and you're probably going to win the game. If you look at their games they've won and lost since Wilkes took over, it follows that pattern. Either they ran for a whole lot or they ran for almost nothing. And usually it comes down to just not being able to get off uh, in the run game, and that's what happened yesterday. It just got tempered by Sam having a really good game uh, in the air.
3: Now, uh, Desmond, with that being said, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you fire your head coach and Matt Rule, and all of a sudden uh, everyone is a Christian McCaffrey fan. Uh, I think he's going to contribute, obviously, going into the postseason at a high level of the 49ers. But has it been uh, running back by committee, the duo uh, Chuba Hubbard and then Deontay Foreman? or what, 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 Is it like a one-two punch? Because uh, anytime you run for over 300 yards in the NFL game, now I know they didn't do that against Tampa, but uh, to me, uh, uh, well, w- what is the magic? I know you talk about the offensive line winning up front, but is it a combination of running backs or what?
0: It's a, it's a three-headed monster that Carolina employs. Deonta Foreman, who you might remember spelled uh, Derrick Henry last year in Tennessee when he was injured, and Foreman was like a Henry clone for about six or seven weeks. We, got, we have him. He was sitting on the bench the first six weeks of the year uh, when Matt Rule was still here, and he only got seven carries in those six games uh, with McCaffrey here. So that might have had something to do with Rule's exit. Um, Shuba Hubbard, of course, is the other back. And then uh, Raheem Blackshear has emerged, uh, a rookie, has emerged as a third option in this monster. And to be honest, I think a lot of it's the offensive line signing Bradley Bozeman from Baltimore to be the center. He wasn't even starting when Rule was here the first six weeks. He didn't get implanted in until our starting center got injured. You put him in from the Ravens, and immediately you see a difference in the offensive line. Uh, Austin Corbin came over from the Los Angeles Rams. We signed Ikiakuanu, or drafted him, I should say, uh, first offensive pick in the NFL draft last year. So they revamped the offensive line. And we said it on the Bleed podcast in the offseason that we thought they had a chance to be a top-10 offensive line unit And the metrics are weighing out on that right now. So any team that wants to beat the Panthers, including the Saints, the way to beat them is to shut down their run game. If you shut down their run game and make Sam Darnold beat you, he might be able to, but they're not at that level yet where they can depend on that. But if you're letting these uh, running backs go off for six, seven, eight yards a run all day, you're not going to have the ball. Like they control time of possession when they do it. They'll hold it for 30, 35 minutes for the entire game. So, that's the formula that Steve Wilkes and company have been winning with this year. Uh, he just ran out of road. Maybe if he had gotten a couple of games earlier, then this would be a different conversation. But uh, I think most of the Panther fan base is pretty happy with the, 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 the future of the Carolina Panthers if Steve Wilkes becomes the permanent head coach.
3: Now, Desmond, last question before we let you run. Uh, looking on the defensive side, I always say this, pro bowl or all pro, uh, Brian Burns. He's a I, bad man. I, I, out I on think that Brian deal. Burns has lived up uh, to what every NFL team he'd be starting off for.
0: No question. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of folks uh, when we traded off McCaffrey and fired Rule. A lot of people around the league thought we were having a fire sale. They thought we were waving a white flag and tanking the season. Uh, when in actuality, looking back on it, Matt Rule gave Christian McCaffrey that big deal and and you know sixty million plus dollars. And he's the highest-paid running back in the league, and then we couldn't use him for two years. So I think that went into effect with, or went into play with Matt Rule and the decision to let him go as well. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels like uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to explain <laughs> what's happening over here. Um, hmm. I mean, cat, well, he, he
2: he is a special player. Yeah, coming up, Yeah, end.
0: Burns. Uh, Burns. We don't think he's hit his ceiling. Like, we feel like Burns is one of those type of players that will have a 20-sack season in the next couple of years. I think
2: you're Panthers, right.
0: What the Panthers have to do is find someone for the other side. Uh, they had a son Reddick last year on a one-year deal. Oh. Uh, let him go to Philly, and you see he's leading the league in sacks <laughs> right yeah, now. You so, fit you. Uh, I can't even imagine if they had kept Reddick for one more year and put the money on him and Burns. But, yeah, Burns will be up for an extension here soon. Uh, there was a lot of teams hovering around trying to get him. There was a room the Rams offered two first-round picks. And something else for Burns and the Panthers were firmly like, no. The Panthers didn't get rid of any of their defensive guys. Any of the young guys that are on defense, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, uh, those are the future of the Panthers. And to me, that's going to be the future of who wins the NFC South because they are the best situated on defense with rookies or rookie contracts where they can figure out this quarterback and coach situation in the next 12 months, they can be in a pretty good position next year with all the rest of the NFC South in somewhat of a flux. Yep.
2: Desmond, thanks so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you as it gets closer to game time.
0: Absolutely, guys. Enjoy it, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks Thank you. so
2: much. Desmond Johnson, who's part of the Believe Network, covering the Carolina Panthers. We'll come back after this break to finish it up on Second Guess.